Hello, my name is Mark Anthony Lord, and I am the founder and spiritual director of the Bodhi Spiritual Center. Bodhi is located in Chicago and is here to reveal love, honor all paths, and celebrate life. Bodhi is a nonprofit organization dependent upon the generosity of people like you to help us spread our message of love and inspiration. So please check us out at the website, www.bodhispiritualcenter.org. And if you feel inspired, please share your gifts with us so that we may fulfill the mission that we are here to fulfill. Before you listen to this message of hope and inspiration, take a breath. Imagine your mind and heart open to receive. Welcome the miracles. They are here for you. Peace and blessings. Let us say our affirmation together. Open your heart and mind. Say it like you mean it because it's for you. Today, I allow myself to want what I want, to enjoy my desires, and to revel in the audacity of dreaming. I know this entire universe is wired and ready to support and sustain me. In this knowing, I also welcome wisdom and divine discernment that allows me to welcome only that which is truly and positively mine. And so it is. Yes, take a deep breath. So we are about in the middle of our journey of living a life of joy. We started, um, our movement is from uh, releasing suffering, mental, emotional, and physical, and moving ourselves into a true experience of the joy that we are. And the first step that we took was the step of getting a new God, simply meaning making sure that inside of you, your relationship is built with the universe in a way that, that this loving presence is larger than anything you're moving through, anything and everything. If your God is bigger and greater, you're in good shape. That's, that's the first step. And we move to the second step, the practice of forgiveness, which really uh, is an ongoing practice for us, an ongoing experience of allowing ourselves to be free from resentment, from regret, from the past. And how awesome to have um, John Newton here to help us even go into our ancestry to really do some deep work later this afternoon. And the third step we talked about was loving yourself madly, to really cut the cords that keep trying to attach to people, places, and things, trying to get your good, which is an impossible equation. The world is an effect. It actually has nothing to offer you in the truth of your being. Cutting those cords, looping them back into ourselves so that we begin sourcing our own affirmation, our own love, our own appreciation, which in turn is a paradox because then you begin receiving it from the world. Interesting, isn't it? So hopefully you're continuing to work on that. And now we move to the next step, which is around um, called want what you want. And I'm going to use an old story that I use often from the Bible, the prodigal son. Many of us know it, but let's listen anew for how it can be interpreted within this particular uh, idea. So I'll retell the story for all of us. It's basically a man has two sons. We'll call them The good son and the bad son, the prodigal son and the good son. And in the story, the prodigal son, when he becomes of age, says to the father, hey, I want all my inheritance. I'm out of here. And so the the very loving father says, of course, here it is. And the story goes that he went off into the far land. Um, imagine the fire land being like some fabulous, like he goes into New York City and he's like, you know, wheeling and dealing, hitting the clubs and doing the drugs and the drinking and he's treating because he's got all this money and resources. So he's got lots of friends. 
But what he's doing is running himself into destruction and overconsumption and addictions. And finally, all of the resources disappear. Now, resources represent the world of form, but even more importantly, your spiritual resources, your creativity, your life force, your energy of who you are. That's what becomes depleted, and that's when we really bottom out. And he bottoms out. And his revelation, as he is in the story, it says that he's working in a pig pen, feeding the swine and sleeping with them. And he wakes up and he says, I could go back home and be one of my father's helpers in one of his businesses that he has, and I would be better off than what I have here. So he wakes up and he finds his way home. But he goes home like we often do, you know, with the tail between our legs and our head down. I messed up. I'm so sorry. So that's what he does. But the father doesn't see any of that. He doesn't see the wear and tear of what he's gone through. He doesn't see the dirtiness or anything. He sees his beloved son, whole, perfect, and complete. And he runs out to meet him in ecstasy. He's thrilled to bring his son home. And he's so happy, he throws a huge party and invites everyone in the village to come. His son is home. And his son says, no, dad, no, I'm not worthy. Please just give me a, a small job. I just, anything. But his father won't hear of it. His father says, you are my son and you are, you are here. And so they have this big party. And in the party, I'm sort of really elaborating here, but, but it's, I, <laughs> she's there and he's there. And <laughs> but It is said in the story that the older son is very upset. He's very bothered. So the father goes to the older son, and and the older son is so mad because the older son has been, been faithful, and he stayed, and he helped the family businesses, and he helped the resources, and he was a good son. And here this bad son goes off and, and blows it all and comes home, and he's getting all this attention. And the father, with all the love within him, says to him, my son, all that I have is always and forever yours. So that's kind of where the story ends. Let's interpret this inside of the topic at hand today of wanting what you want, specifically around your wanting being out of whack. Both of these sons represent aspects of yourself. So please be interested in that as I interpret this. And some of us have more extreme on one than the other, but let us be open to see how they all play out in different levels. First, looking at the prodigal son. When there is a part of you that is trying to get what you want or to fulfill your desire from a place of lack, from a place of I'm not okay, when you're trying to have life through you and for you from a place of I'm not good enough or unworthy, it becomes an insatiable hole and it becomes exaggerated. And inside of that exaggeration, we become impossible to satiate. Those of you who are are friends of mine in the addiction world, the 12-step world, you know, there's one of the sayings that says, Um, For the alcoholic, one drink is too many, and a thousand is not enough. And if you know what that means, you understand what happens when your desire or your wanting gets so grossly out of whack and impossible to fulfill that it actually moves into the realms of addictive um, experiences. It's impossible to fulfill it. In our culture, the extreme now is hoarding. Hoarding is actually now noted as an actual mental disorder or emotional disorder. I don't know exactly how it's noted, but it's noted as a disease within our culture today because there are so many people who are just trying to fill something with getting more, getting more, getting more. And at the core, at the, you really could move all of that out of the way and just get them to their simple beingness. They have a natural wanting and a desire that is wanting to be fulfilled. 
but because it's coming from the wrong desire to fulfill it and because they just keep going down the wrong path, like the prodigal son. At first, you, and you know what it's like. You get that something, oh, I feel great, but it's temporary. And so you get a little more, oh, I feel great, and you begin getting high off of what it is, actually, whether it be substances or, or whether it be just getting things or wanting things or purchasing things. There's a way that it continues to pull us and we become victims to it versus masters of it. So that's what the prodigal son represents, the overconsumption to the point of destruction. And we have those parts in us at times, whether they be inside of relationships or career or things that we desire, again, from a place that is broken, for lack of a better word. Our brokenness, when we want to fix something by getting something, it becomes insatiable. Now, let's look at the other son. Because the other son represents, for me and and the way I'm referencing it, is the part of us that actually deprives, follows the rules, do everything right, control, control, and make everything so perfect and so right that we actually deprive ourselves. We diminish our wanting. We diminish our desires. And and that part, the the, the dis-ease, that, that we're susceptible to inside of our deprivation is jealousy, is envy, is scorekeeping, is watching the rest of the world and judging it and being in so much reaction and bitterness. Not because of what's happening in the world, because you yourself have deprived yourself. One of the, again, to stay in the addictive cycle, the extreme, the anorexias, whether that be food anorexia or sexual anorexia or whatever kind of anorexia, when you deprive yourself so much of life force, of wanting. Again, move that one back to its natural state, and there's just natural wanting and desire that has gone out of whack. Now, I give you the spectrum of complete deprivation to complete overconsumption just to recognize our culture swings broadly from one to the other. And we who are within this culture, within the consciousness of humanity, are a part of that swinging. And we all can find ourselves at different times of life, at different places upon this spectrum. And sometimes we do find ourselves in that healthy middle. But then we swing in different directions. What this all is about for me and the point of our path to living a life of joy is to look at ourselves and say, where is my wanting gone out of whack? Where have I been using this natural gift, this natural thing we all want, we all desire? Where has it gone out of extreme where it's moving into the addictive tendencies and the insatiable? And where has it gone in the opposite direction where I'm just depriving myself, where I'm not even allowing myself the natural joy? I think I may have said this before, but to want is to feel desire. To feel desire is to feel good. Just the act of wanting and desiring alone is a vibration of goodness. You could have a desire, move through your body full in, whoo, that feels good, and never get it. It's not about getting it. It's about allowing yourself to have your wants and your desires. And what we must do to get to that place is be willing to have the layers upon layers upon layers of parents' expectations and society's expectations and all of the agreements we made or we thought were for our good that all became shadows and and gross encasements around our natural wanting. So our spiritual work 
becomes dissolving, diminishing, forgiving, praying, allowing all of those cords and all of those constructs that have been built up around our natural wanting to be removed, um, healed, released, I don't, whatever word works for you, so that you can finally just go, ah, oh, what is mine? And when you know, this is what I want you to really get, when you know what your natural wanting is, you're relaxed, there's an openness, you become energetically more attractive, and the universe can easily match that with the yes. So your efforting and all of this struggle can be released. I, tell the, I uh, love to tell the story of a man named T. Locke, um, who Patrick and I worked with when we lived out in L.A. And I would call him an awakened being, a, a man who, when he was a little boy, could see light and see how spirit works. And there's a story of how when he was a kid on the playground, he would take energy balls of light and throw them at kids, and they'd fall down in hysterics. And he got in trouble for this, of course, because that's not okay. And so he put this gift away, and he's like, this is bad. This is not okay. And then as a young adult, he got in a really, really horrific car accident where he almost died, and he used that light to heal his body. And so that became his point and his mission for being here and to help others with this light and fantastic um, sessions of, of being with him and, and on his table as he does work. But we were with him at Labor Day weekend in Los Angeles uh, years back. And it was um, Labor Day weekend, which is like... Um, Disneyland and its fullest day for adults in Vegas. It was just so many people there. And we pulled up in his car. Uh, he loves living in Vegas. He loves the energy and the lights. And so we pulled up into the Bellagio Hotel, and there were, had to be 100 cars ahead of us. Do you remember this, Patrick? Yeah. And there, there had to be like 100 cars ahead of us. And we were in the very back, and a valet comes running straight over every car to his car. And I was like, do you know that valet? I mean, you assume he knows the valet person that, that he saw him come. He goes, no, I don't know who he is. But his energy of receptivity just drew to him immediately what he needed and wanted in the moment because he was so open and so free inside of it. And then we went into the Bellagio and he pointed out a guy was gambling, as, as many were, and he said, let's watch this. And he said, we watched the guy winning, winning, winning. And Tilak was watching his energy and he goes, he just hit his fear wall. He will now lose. And he lost. Immediately, and he looked at me, he said, everyone is always creating their reality completely. Like, it looks like he's playing, you know, you look like you're gambling, but he's actually creating his own experience and relationship to it. Then we go to lunch, and we have this fantastic meal. Courses upon courses are brought to us, and at the end, the waiter says, comes up to him and says, you know, this meal is comped on us. Thank you for coming here. So here's this man who just walks through the world. Now, if your mind is going, you know, he should pay for that, will you just lay that aside for a moment? Here's this man walking through the world so receptive and allowing for his good to just appear when it appears. A very mystical man. This is, Tilak is not the special chosen one. We all can be in such positive flow and relationship with life that it's always coming to us easily. And what's beautiful about this mindset in this man is that he doesn't cling to anything because as the father in the story says, Everything I have is already yours. When you really know this, and this is the spiritual truth that we must anchor ourselves in. When you know everything is yours, isn't your load light? Why would you bring storage units of stuff forward, <laughs> continuing to carry all of this baggage of stuff for what? 
It appears when you need it as you need it. I'm not saying go out and be a, 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 a gypsy walk in the streets unless that's your calling, then go for it. But for most of us, my point is when our load is lighter and we really trust that everything we have is ours, then you don't stress, you don't cling, you don't, get, you don't have to go into overconsumption or deprivation. You can sit in your natural energy of wanting. And it is fulfilled by the universe in time and on time. And it's a joyous experience. You can have a joyous experience in relationship to your wanting. Wouldn't that be wonderful? This is the opportunity. And this is our next step on our journey is how can you pay attention this week? Watch how your wanting has become grossly exaggerated into overconsumption and watch how your wanting has become grossly denied into deprivation. Just pay attention. And whenever you notice it, pray. Right here, Holy Spirit, please heal this. Heal this wanting. So this Wednesday, I hope that you'll join myself and, and Marsha in our midweek miracles because we're going to do a healing around your wanting. We're going to have a deep experience. And the Wednesday night miracles are fun. We dance, we pray, we meditate, we do oneness blessing. It's a wonderful experience. And then next Sunday, we're going to move into the interpretation of a fantastic Bible pa- passage. Ask and it is given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Wouldn't it be nice to understand that? You got to come back. (laughs) All right, give me some love and let's move into prayer. Thank you. (laughs) Just thought I'd ask for it. (laughs) Want what you want. Want what you want. Give me some love. (laughs) And let us pray. Take a deep breath. I invite our spiritual counselors and our ministers to stand, hold this space. I invite John Newton to go into that timeless space for us, to anchor this with us. Thank you, brother. And the rest of you open up and allow this prayer to be for you. I place my attention upon the vibration of love and light that I call God. Call it what you will, higher power, love, universe, source, creator, the nameless. This magnificent presence that is in back of all, as all, sourcing and sustaining. Its nature is goodness. Its nature is free. And it is everywhere present. It is the field of pure potentiality that simply says, yes, my beloved. Yes, my beloved. And so this prayer is intentional for each and every one of us that it get into right alignment our desiring and wanting. I ask the Holy Spirit to dissolve from each one of us, from our consciousness, our subconscious, our body temple, emotional, mental, every realm of being. I ask the Holy Spirit to dissolve from us any and every blockage, exaggeration, uh, anything that we've said yes to that is not in alignment with our natural desires and wanting. Just dissolve them, forgive them, release us from the bondage that blocks us from truly knowing and enjoying our own self and knowing God as our own life. I release the past, and it is dissolved. I release the overconsumption parts of ourselves. And anywhere in our lives, and every time in our lives, where we have been trapped in addictions and overconsumption and fear down that road, oh, sweet spirit, release us from the consequences. Forgiveness sets us free and brings that energy back into the now moment. 
and any part of us. And every time we have deprived ourselves, depleted ourselves from unworthiness and and accepting crumbs when the universe said, all of this is yours. We allow that to be forgiven and released. And we, and, we, and we release ourselves, Holy Spirit, from the consequences of those choices. And we sit not in entitlement. We sit in receptivity and oneness. Oneness with, with, our, with the beloved, where the title of, of holy is placed upon us. And inside of this, we activate the joy. We say yes to feeling good. Yes to feeling our joy. Yes to letting joy lead us and to inspire us and to cause holy creations to be made through us. That we, the things we do with our hands and our words and our entire being, that they bless the world and they extend love. This is what joy does. And this is what I say yes to. Joy is in us, through us, as us. It is who we are. Take a deep breath. Whew, and just let this expand. Seen the bottom of a mountain, had my share of pain. Been through so many struggles, thought I'd never breathe again. So I prayed to God to help me, couldn't handle it no more. Then she reached out to me, that's why I got joy. I got joy, joy. Say yes to it. Welcome, welcome the joy, welcome the healing, welcome the answer prayer. I'm so grateful. It is in gratitude that I release this prayer now into the action of the law, knowing that it is fulfilled. And together we say, and so it is. Mm-hmm.